Hi, you are listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution with Zara and Hien, a podcast where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. Today, this is our first episode, and we have the lovely pleasure of speaking with our co-host today, me, Zara Muhammad Ali, located in Orlando, Florida, and my lovely, lovely co-host, Hien Hong, located in Tacoma, Washington. So, Hien, what's on your mind today? I am just so excited um, that we are here together and that we are able to talk about ourselves uh, because I love talking to you and I'm a Leo, so I love talking about myself too. <laughs> um, and and I am just really grateful for um, all the things that we've done together so far. Um, yeah, I am as well. And I had always thought about podcasting as a medium that I enjoyed listening to and I could enjoy creating on. And I remember when you reached out to me, I, there were like, it was like a list of things that you were asking me about. And I was like, okay, well, I definitely want to do the podcast. I'll answer the other stuff later. But like, so I am very excited that we are doing this together and to just work with you in general. Yeah, it is. It's it's really fun to uh, work with you. And I'm really glad that you uh, said yes to this idea, uh, because this has been something that I have been wanting to do for a while. Um, so we took the, re- the way Hien and I met is that we took our 300 hour teacher training together with Susanna Bargataki. Shout out to Susanna and the whole Ignite team. And it was very trauma-informed and very uh, focused on marginalized folks and folks of color uh, and oppressed folks and doing that sort of work. You just really resonated with me and the passion that you have and the way you light up when you're focused on teaching in a trauma-informed way, when you're focused on talking about helping marginalized folks, like the, the way that I feel passionate about these things, I notice that you also feel passionate. Like, yes, let's fucking do something about it. Let's be disruptive and make change and do things that maybe make people feel uncomfortable and make ourselves feel uncomfortable. And that is something I truly respect. And that's the kind of person I want to work with, especially when covering these sorts of topics. Oh, Zara, thank you for saying all that. And I reach out to you because basically for the same reason. I felt like I clicked with Zara uh, really well when I first met you like in person. And I was like, wow, this girl's just, this girl's like really cool. And she's like, so, um, I don't know, like passionate and just has so much like conviction and seems so confident Then I find out you were a Sagittarius. And I was like, okay, that, that checks out. And, and so I was like, you know, this is somebody I could see work myself working with and feeling like, um, someone who would have really interesting perspectives. Um, but I was wondering if you could share uh, with folks a little bit more about yourself and your experience in wellness. Um, Because, you know, it's one hell of an industry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would love to. So I would say I came to like, well, I would say I first discovered like Eastern, Southeast Asian, Southeast Asian philosophy, a lot of Buddhism stuff uh, later in high school. And I was really fascinated by that. I was really fascinated um, by the teachings of the Buddha, by the work of Mahatma Gandhi, and I will not um, shy away from the fact that he was, hey, problematic AF, but like, um, I was a young child then and did not know any different. Um, so I was really, and I still think he's done a lot of really wonderful work. So I was really inspired by those things. And when I got to college, 
Um, I found yoga and I found the Enneagram, which are two practices that, I mean, I say this all the time and it's like such a cliche, gross thing to say, but like really saved my life because they changed uh, how I show up in the world, how I view myself, how I understand the world and the people around me and how I'm able to connect with them and just build my life. Um, so I kind of found wellness in that regard. And so for the last 10 years, I've had a lot of experience like dipping my toes in a lot of wellness areas and some things I noticed a lot of that I don't think I was necessarily able to verbalize until we started our training with Susanna and maybe a little before then and definitely after and now um, as I reflect looking back is that my experience was so whitewashed in the wellness world, I noticed that uh, there weren't a lot of people who looked like me. And there was a lot of times I as a South Asian person was being invalidated for things that I either learned from family members or learned from tradition or as a fucking scholar studied in school and would have like white people who didn't know fucking anything about the chakras, you know, or whatever it is we were talking about. Uh, they, I would often feel invalidated and I didn't realize, I thought it was just, I had low self-esteem for a lot of my life. So I kind of thought it was just, oh, like, yeah, you're just like not as good enough as them. And then I started being in spaces with BIPOC folks and started having conversations with you and people like you and being like, ah, no, like, I don't think I, the individual is a problem. Um, and that's why I'm really passionate about this work is because I feel like a lot of us have related to that feeling of like, oh, I'm the problem. And it's like, no, the system is broken, baby. Like we individually are not the problem. Um, yeah. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit? Oh, right. I forgot to even tell you about like the work I do. Um, really quickly. I am a <laughs> That's totally fine. I know. I, I, you're listening to a podcast by an ADHD person, a really lovely uh, normal person. I don't know if you're neurotypical and, you're, and you don't need to reveal that. But um yeah, so I teach yoga. I like to refer to myself as a facilitator, which Yen also does, because um, I'm not the leader. I don't know everything. I'm holding the space. I'm a space holder. I mentor and teach people and facilitate teachings about the Enneagram. Uh, and I love to write. And I'm a big activist uh, about education, anti-racism work, um, decolonization work, and uh, television, actually. I really like TV. So... Yen, please tell us a little bit about yourself now that I rambled for about five minutes solid. No, it was awesome. No, I, um, so I, um, love everything that you just shared about yourself. And I just want to say, like, when you said, like, it, you realize it wasn't you, it was the system. Like, that's definitely, um, something that I want our listeners and viewers to, like, remember, um, like write that down somewhere um, because it's very easy to feel like it's you. And I, I have had a similar journey in wellness spaces. So for me, um, I'm a yoga teacher and mentor um, and facilitator. And um, I, you know, started practicing yoga at a young age. Um, I did it after school for PE credit. And I absolutely fell in love with the practice because for me, it really helped me um, with my anxiety and my stress as like a young student back then. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, back then I also had <laughs> low self-esteem. And so after that, um, you know, after practicing yoga, after school at a school I was at for PE credit, I decided to go check out a local studio. And it was really great um, in that it offered me um, 
yoga classes, I guess. Like I was able to practice and learn more about yoga. Um, and then, you know, I've since gone into do trainings and whatnot. And, you know, now I teach yoga and, you know, it's all, it's like, it's, and it's great now. Right. Um, but like you are, I also realized that um, it was very white and there was a whole sort of um, culture around how to act in wellness spaces. There's like very, kind of strange unwritten rules and it felt very a lot of spaces I'm not saying all because we've been in spaces like Susanna Barkataki space where it doesn't feel this way but a lot of spaces if they're not intentional it feels very like white and very like elitist it's like you know the wealthy white woman's hobby kind the Gwyneth patrols, right? Like, like, like the goop people, right? Like it, it, it has that vibe. And, and yet, um, that is not what the point of it, like, like, if you go back into the origins of a lot of wellness practices, um, and sort of like, what's considered like the new age spirituality, um, it's ancient, and it belongs to BIPOC and different cultures around the world. And it's not to say that, you know, white people don't have their own practices, but what has happened in wellness that I think we've both seen is that white people are sort of taking from other people's culture and then saying like, this is the way to do, you know, whatever, yoga, meditation, Reiki, like whatever it is. And um, that makes it, um, kind of shitty to be honest like it makes it shitty for actual BIPOC to be in spaces around people like that but I found out that I was not alone in this um, when I met Zara and Susanna um, and and have since met so many other BIPOC in wellness and now I'm very passionate about um, uplifting BIPOC in wellness um, you know I teach um, BIPOC exclusive classes for a reason, because I really want folks of color to be able to enjoy wellness away from whiteness and white supremacy. And I'd, I'd like to imagine that most of the people who found us would hear them be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but if you don't and you have questions, that's okay, you can Google it. I'm not going to stop and <laughs> explain myself to you. Like, there are many articles and other resources on that. The important thing that Zara and I want to highlight is that this podcast is not like BIPOC trying to educate white folks, although you will probably learn a lot from listening to us and our podcast episodes and our guests. Um, but this podcast is for us. Um, it's by us and for us. And so we are hoping that um, the people who get the most benefit from this is not necessarily white folks, um, but marginalized folks and especially BIPOC. And um, really hoping for them to both be able to share their stories because all our guests are going to be BIPOC basically um, and then also be able to hear stories similar to their own um, so that they feel less alone and realize that even if you feel alone it's really not you it's it's the whole system. And I want to add to it that um, I think a big piece of what we are doing with our podcast is we are redefining wellness so to speak to be inclusive of the fact that wellness is supposed to be for the betterment of everyone. I love like how Susanna Barkataki our teacher talks about you know yoga is a 
practice of liberation. It's liberation for everyone. You know what I mean? If it's just like, ha, huh, I'm free from all of my stresses now that I've been to yoga and done my vinyasa. Cool. Fuck you. Sorry. Like no offense if you really like to go to vinyasa classes. And if you're also doing like work for people like, or work, you know, for the betterment of the world around you, but like, really, like, it's not about what you can do for you. I, that's a piece of it because yes, um, especially as BIPOC folks and marginalized folks and anyone listening to this podcast, who is oppressed or suffering under capitalism oppression. Yes, it's important to take care of yourself. And uh, our idea of wellness and the practice of wellness and the industry, quote unquote, of wellness, which it is a, an industry because we live in capitalism and that's a whole other topic that I don't think Ian and I have time to cover, but like as an industry, it needs to be for us and it, like for us as BIPOC, for us as marginalized folks, for the freedom and working for the liberation of all of us want to say Zara to what you just said like amen like totally to everything that you just said and I'm really hoping that people will be able to take inspiration from the podcast and see that there are different ways of doing things and perhaps you know um, we could be a source of inspiration for you to um, dig deeper on something that you've thought is the quote unquote norm, right? Or an inspiration for you to help reimagine how something else could look. Um, That's what I um, really hope for um, and want because I know for me, for a while I felt like something was off and I talked to other friends outside of wellness, but in terms of like doing something in the actual industry, um, it wasn't until I heard other people talking about it and sharing about it that got me thinking. And so that's another thing about this podcast that I really hope to um, offer to folks is just like, you know, this thing that you thought was normal, like maybe it wasn't. And and what does that mean? And, you know, that's okay. And, and how could it be different uh, in a way that might actually work better for all of us? I love that you shared all that because I think that's kind of like why we chose uh, each of our guests. There are people we know, there are people we follow, there are people we admire. I think each of them provides a perspective on how we could do things differently or how they already are doing things differently. Um, and how that kind of challenges what we believe and what we see wellness as in the world around us today. And I would love us to talk a little bit more about, I know we touched about it a little bit on the whiteness and the whitewashing and the co-opting of uh, indigenous practices that we see in wellness right now, but uh, could you give us a definition of wellness as it is in the world right now and what that kind of looks like? Um, And from your perspective, obviously, because other people will have different perspectives. Yeah. So right now, right now, it looks like it looks like a lot of consumerism and it looks like a lot of um, it's interesting. It it looks to me, I feel like there's a lot of um, chasing the external, uh, even when it's disguised as like the internal. And and I guess an example I can kind of give more specifically is thinking about, well, the practice of yoga, since, you know, we're both yoga teachers, I've done yoga trainings is like the practice of yoga is actually super um, internal. You know, if you look at, like the eight limbs of yoga, 
It includes practicing ethics, um, and it includes, you know, practicing asana or posture so you can find um, your liberation, your samadhi, you know, and that, and that includes a lot of meditation as well, which is also very like internal practice. But in the wellness world, how that is now sort of um, translated is, is that we are kind of sold, like we're sold expensive meditation retreats or yoga retreats. We're sold like expensive gear. I mean, in some ways we're also sold like trainings, right? Like we met at a training, but like we're sold like expensive trainings and we are kind of always told that we have to keep consuming it in one way or another, whatever that wellness product or service might be, whether it's paying to go to yoga classes or meditation classes or products or wellness uh, travel and vacations, or if you are someone who is a facilitator or teacher of some sort, um, you're encouraged to like keep doing trainings because, you know, there's always someone who has some new idea and then it's likely you go to the training and you're like, wow, this is super white and super problematic. And, you know, like, so that's kind of how um, I see wellness uh, today is it's a, it's very external and it's very consumer based. Yeah, I would say external consumer based. I would say heavily focused on diet culture when you were talking about the internal and the external, one thing I think about all the time is all the people doing juice cleanses where it's like, I'm cleaning out the toxins from inside of me. And it's like, you're just giving yourself a week's worth of diarrhea and starving yourself of nutrition. But, yeah. And the juice is like $10 a bottle, right? Like it, yeah. it, it can't just be something, I don't know, affordable. <laughs> like it has to be like, again, I mentioned, like, it feels like they're elite and like luxe, right? And it's, it's absolute bullshit, um, the way that is and the way it's like normalized and seen as like cutesy. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of that, right? There's just like more and more of um, that type of like, quote, unquote, clean eating and like, detoxing type of, um, I don't know, languaging that we see in a lot of wellness spaces. (laughs) And it's um, a lot of it is like very hierarchy based of like, if you I remember in um, a training I did, I don't want to be overly specific. um, But a woman was talking about how she had Sour Patch Kids before class. And like, she was a mom, she worked a full time job, like she wanted fucking Sour Patch Kids to like, energize her through this three-hour training we were about to do good on her but I remember when she said it in class and quite a few of the people in the training looked around she's talking about sour patch kids like she's eating like couldn't you have had like natural sour patch kids or like couldn't you have like had an apple instead of sugar or like you know I could just hear and see all of these things being popped off. And I was just like, at the time I too could feel myself being like, oh, sour patches, we're in a, we're in a training, you know what I mean? And it's like, ew, that's gross. And so judgmental. And like, I'm better than you because I didn't eat sour patch kids. Like literally what you put into your body has zero bearing on how good of a person you are. And uh, that like idea of hierarchy within food, within wellness uh, of these industries is just like fascinating to me. I'm a little bit rambly. I wanna add that uh, one thing I really noticed too 
is that what, uh, the ability to, uh, partake in wellness and be a part of this industry is privilege in and of itself. And the way the whole industry is set up is it's a privilege, a privilege to take time off and go to a yoga class, the money to have time to go off into a yoga class. You know what I mean? The like ability to feel safe when you enter that class, the ability to know your body is going to be, um, safe and recognized and cued for and respected. You know what I mean? There are all these things where it's just like, uh, this privilege barrier that exists in wellness. And I think that's so antithetical to what wellness is. Oh my gosh, absolutely. With everything you just said, with the diet culture and the hierarchy. And again, I said the word use elitist earlier. And I think that does have to do with that, the privilege. And it's wild because like we were talking that we think that wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. That's like our <laughs> tagline because it's true. Like, like it, it is not wellness if it's just for you, if it's making everyone else sick, if it's making you sick, right? There's off, I mean, I think we've both been there and we'll probably talk about it. We, we have talked, we are going to talk about it in, in our podcast with our guests basically, but the way certain wellness spaces make us feel sick, even though it's supposed to be a wellness space. And also in the way in which, you know, if it makes you, the world that you live in sick, which I, I mean, I think Zara would agree with me that there's so much sickness and just evil shit. I don't know any other way to put it. There's just like so much sickness and evil shit in the world right now. White supremacy, capitalism, uh, the destruction of our environment and like just the dehumanization of um, everyone just trying to survive in this world and uh, in this country where Zara and I are we're in the U.S. so yeah shout out um, to the U.S. for yeah and very for being, different um, parts of the U.S. <laughs> but still oh yes problems um, yes that that's the interesting thing um so yeah uh, yeah I just want to add that uh wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you was literally just a throwaway line when we were like oh, we need to think of like a tagline. I was just like, oh, whatever. Like we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. And you're like, yeah, that I'm going to write it down. Um, Wow. So many levels to the way in which we believe that if wellness is not about the greater good and the people around you, um, that it really isn't. not wellness, um, which leads me to the second question I was going to ask, which I'm very passionate about. Um, And I think we really explore this with a lot of the people that we have on the podcast. Um, uh, What would you like to see in wellness? And um, you can answer this question to whatever extent you want, but I'm throwing it out there because I personally want to answer it is, so like, what is your definition of wellness or what do you want your definition of wellness to include? Honestly, I want it to just include like, humanity and I want it to be it's weird to say I want to be more humane as if I'm talking about like farming or something or livestock or something but I do want there to be more humanity in it because like I kind of said earlier I find so much about the wellness industry and also the systems we live under in the U.S. at this current time also y'all we're recording this right now in 2021 so you know the fuck shit that we're in right now (laughs) so um and so you know I I just want there to be more um humanity and wellness it's weird to say because you would think like oh yeah like it it is sort of like uh, you know there's a lot of 
humans doing cool practices and having uh, holding different cool spaces and what whatnot but like it feels so but I guess it's not a but but it's like an and and yet it feels so dehumanizing like there's a disconnect because we are you know we are asked to exist in wellness spaces but in a way where we can't fully come up or come out as um a human being we have to act like i don't know weird little capitalist machines who just consume like you know try to kind of like gain our wellness points like oh i did the yoga retreat and I did the yoga training, and then I did these additional trainings, and I, I consumed my green juice. That's seen as okay, but if you try to go into a wellness space, like a typical white wellness space, and you dare to demand, um, or not even demand, but just to even, even if you nicely ask for your humanity to be seen as a person of color, or as a woman of color, or whatever other perhaps marginalized group, then it's like a big no-no, which is weird because I have asked nicely (laughs) and they're just like so confused and so defensive because their norm is, is not humane. It's just not. And so, yeah, does that answer your question? I'd like, (laughs) that's like a really long answer to say that I want wellness to just be more humane for all of us. And I say that as somebody with privileges too. Yeah, no, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. I agree with that. And as someone with privilege myself, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I mean, I think that's, uh, I think the, the wellness industry is a microcosm for capitalism, the world at large and all the things going on around us. And all of these systems are designed to dehumanize us. It does not matter if you're Jeff Bezos. It does not matter if you are a homeless person or a person without a home. I'm not sure about the right term to use that, a displaced person. And whether you're a displaced person, like you are still being dehumanized under this system because there is no way for us to authentically humanize each other. And I think that's really um, why both of us are so passionate about the wellness industry, because if we can create spaces where we can both humanize ourselves and humanize the people we are with and create space for all of our humanity to exist, um, it creates space for humanity to exist in the world and these structures to start to um, break down in a way that we can build something new that matters. And so it's like, I don't think wellness is the only industry to do this in, but I think wellness is uh, a really special area to do this in because wellness for me can include things like art. It can include things like education, yoga, massage, uh, traditional in uh, indigenous practices, so many different things. It, it is expansive and it is all the things I think wellness and humanness are almost interconnected. Like they're these things we need to survive and to live. And I would like to see wellness expanded into that field and or into that um, idea and description. And I think uh, BIPOC leaders, change makers, folks who are either on this podcast or listening to this podcast, I think we all have a really important role in playing in making wellness something that is humanizing, something that is available and accessible to everyone, and something that is bringing back (laughs) indigenous practices to the people from whom they came. Absolutely, like a thousand million billion percent to everything you just said. I feel similarly, and I think 
you know, it's, it's funny because I don't, I don't really think of myself as like a super optimistic person, but the good thing is that the wellness industry and probably like all industries in the world right now, like it, it changes, it shifts, right? Like things don't always remain the same and, you know, there's good and bad to that. Um, but because things are always changing and shifting and transforming and especially in wellness right now, there is a lot of fertile ground. I don't know. I'm sounding like oddly poetic today, but there's a lot of fertile ground for a lot of beautiful things to grow and blue. Does that make sense? <laughs> a thousand percent. Um, I am an eternal optimist. Uh, I always say to my friends, like, you should be worried when I feel like I don't have optimism. And I can say that since we started the idea for this project, and since we have actually interviewed each one of these wonderful humans, that I, the level of optimism I feel is unwavering in the sense that it is, we are enacting the change in the world and I don't mean like Kian and I are making the change and you can all come along for the ride because like I think part of what makes us feel hopeful is that we're in this together there is a community of us we are not alone and to see other people doing their work and how that's like literally changing the world you know what I mean their small corner of the world and if we all change our own small corners of the world and if we continue to do this work that I do think it is possible to see a world in which we can recognize one another's humanity and don't degrade the only home we have to live on and commit acts that I'm not going to get into because we don't want to feel sad or triggered on this podcast. But yeah, all the stuff that is going on in the last year and before that, obviously, but um, that we have really been highlighted in the last year. So I do think uh, spaces like this, uh, people like this that we are interviewing, like we have really lovely people who talk about abolition and uh, structuralism and the importance um, and helping us understand that. And we have people who talk about like what it actually means to create like uh, kind of decolonized spaces and working. Uh, we have lovely people who talk about race within structures, uh, indigenous practices and how we can practice them as non people who are not from that indigenous background. Uh, people who talk about what it's like to actually do not just the inner work, you know, we talk about the inner work all the time, but like, what does it fucking mean to put that work out into the world? And why do we actually, why is that the most important part of it? You know? And then we talk about uh, diet culture, body positivity, uh, movement as a practice and a thing um, to support us. Yeah. I think, you know, if I had to use a few words to describe what some of our upcoming guests um, are like, I would say that they are so radical and they're so thoughtful. That's why we're called Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, y'all, right? Thoughtful. Um, and they overall are people who are go-getters. And I don't mean go-getters and like the hustle culture type of people, but like go-getter as in they are the people who are living the lives that they um, want to and, and implementing um, things that they want to see in the wellness world and in just in general in the world around them. And we're really excited for you to hear about it. Thank you all for listening to our very first Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Um, thank you for being here with us. Um, be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to wherever you're listening to. Mm-hmm.